Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Thoughts on Purpose podcast. My name is Nash Mackey and it is an absolute privilege to have your company on today's episode as it is always. Guys, just so you get the most out of this episode, I strongly encourage you to take some great notes. If you can't do it right now, make sure you do it later, but take some notes on what you're going to learn in this interview and make sure you apply it because it's one thing to learn something, it's a whole other thing to apply it. When you apply, that's how you retain the information. That's what I want for you. I want this information to sincerely add value in your life. So make sure you apply what you learn. Also, share what you learn with other people. Again, that helps you retain the information on a deeper level. Share this interview out with the people you care about and so you get to have a, an impact in other people's lives as well. Speaking, being an action taker, guys. If you haven't already, head over to IamNashMackie.com. Subscribe. That way you get the opportunity to send your questions in when I interview amazing guests like today's guest. And uh, you get to have your questions answered. And while you're there on my website, guys, be sure to book a free 30-minute one-on-one strategy call with me so you and me get the opportunity to deep dive on crafting a super powerful identity for yourself because ultimately... We never rise above the level of our identity, guys, our self-belief, who we believe we are, what we believe we are capable of. So guys, do yourself a huge favor. Head over to imnashmackie.com and subscribe and book in a one-on-one free strategy call. My gift to you guys. Anyway, without further ado, let's get into today's interview. Well, Zane, thank you so much for jumping on today. Uh, Guys, Zane is the, the founder of Emperor Apparel. And man, I'm just so stoked to be connecting with you here today. I'm stoked to be here, mate. I'm stoked to be talking to you again. We jumped on those calls a little while back and we were talking about it, so it's good to be finally getting this podcast to go together. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. So Zane and I met at a business training event in Sydney, what was it, last year, I'm guessing? Yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. last year. And uh, yeah, Zane has this incredible, incredible company that he's built. It's, it's going global. It is global. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, yeah, we're doing online sales worldwide at the moment, so. Beautiful. Zane was just telling me that he's uh, upgrading his, his office space and his warehouse and he's got huge things happening. So uh, Zane is just an awesome all-around, uh, a genuine guy. That's what I'd call you, Zane. I'd say you're absolute. Thank you, man. And, and I really believe the way you show up reflects through your brand. You've got such a high quality. I was just flicking through your website before I came on here, actually. Yep. beautiful quality about everything you do, the images, the feel. And I, I just, I, that comes from your heart. I think you're just so genuine and it reflects, you know, in everything you do. So thanks for the way you show up, brother. It's awesome. Thank you. That, that's very nice. That's very nice um, intro. I love that. It means a lot to me. So Zane used to be an electrician. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, I, um, I started off my first job was working in retail when I was about 15. Yeah. I was like right into surfing, absolutely loved it, started working in surf shops um, and absolutely loved retail, loved clothes, loved everything about surfing, everything about clothing. Um, so I think that's where my like passion for fashion started. Yeah. And then from there, I was kind of like, wasn't really sure what direction I wanted to go in. Um, you know, I knew I didn't have enough money and enough funding behind me or capital to start a clothing brand back mm-hmm. then. Yep. So I sort of drifted into a trade apprenticeship. So I started my electrical apprenticeship when I was about uh, 19. Yes. And then um, from there, worked as an electrician for about six years. 
um, did everything from domestic work to commercial work. And then I was foreman on a big site uh, in the wow. city. Um, we we're doing a big shopping center. And then it was sort of there that I was like, I didn't really, nothing against the trade. It was a great, it, it was so good for me in so many different ways. It allowed me to save money for the brand. It taught me a lot about leadership, what to do, like how to lead, how not to lead. Um, you know, working under different foremans and working for different bosses, you know, it was really easy to identify what leadership strategies worked and what ones didn't, yes. what um, leadership strategies motivated people, what, you know, what strategies were bullying people. And, you know, it was really easy to see what worked and what didn't. So um, even though it wasn't in the fashion trade or it wasn't in the retail industry, it taught me so much about leadership. So yeah. Um, I'm very, very grateful for those years that I spent on those trade sites because it taught me a lot. That's so cool, man. Uh, and, and so talk us through those early days of when you started transitioning because this is a huge thing for people. They're doing one thing right now. They have a goal. They have a dream that they're going after. But yeah. it's, it's stepping into the unknown. So how did you do that? What did that look like for you? Was it gradual or was it, was it uh, just constant action? Talk us through that. Yeah, it, it probably it wasn't actually gradual with me. I'd made my from the first day I stepped onto site. I was like, "This is not me forever." Oh, wow. I'm like, yeah. I can't, I can't do this. But I was like, I'll get it behind me, and it'll come in handy, and it'll be a, a means to an end. And like my mum and dad, I'd come home, and I'm like, I can't do this. I don't like this. It doesn't interest me. I don't want to do it. And they were always like, "Well, look, at the moment, you don't 100% know what you want to do." So the trade is like a means to an end. Yes. Use it, learn from it, save money, and then use that money and put it towards whatever you want to do. Um, so I kind of knew from the first day it wasn't me. Um, but then as I sort of progressed through, I got my, I, I was, I got my license, I became qualified. Mm -hmm. And then I was kind of like, okay, I can save more money now because you're getting qualified wages. So that was really good. I was just saving all of my money. Mm -hmm. And then it was funny. I was really unhappy. Like, I hated going to work. I hated getting up in the morning. I really, really disliked it because I felt like I wasn't doing what I wanted to do and I felt like I could give more and do more and I was becoming a completely different person. Like, I like to pride myself on being energetic and happy and positive and I like pushing people in a positive way and getting the yep. best out of people. And I really noticed on those trade sites that I was like, I wasn't me anymore. I was sort of like grumpy, I was sharp, I was um, not aggressive, but I'd probably just handle things differently to what I do now. Wow. What um, do you think that was out of curiosity? I think it was just... Is it the culture? On trade sites, there's, there is a bit of... They're not the most positive workplaces. Yeah, um, you've got a lot of macho personalities, a lot of ego, yeah. especially on the big construction sites. For me, it's like, it's, it was like a hierarchy system. It was like being in prison. Everyone mm. sat lunch table in their seats you weren't allowed to sit in any other one anyone else's seats it was like you sit down at lunch table that's your spot the mm -hmm. people around you are on your table and I was like man this just feels whack like mm. I felt boxed in and I felt like a bit of a caged animal mm. and I think from doing that and knowing I wanted to do more it was more frustration and I was like I don't want to take that frustration out on people on this site mm -hmm. or people that work with me because I actually really loved the people that I worked with. It was just the job itself I didn't really enjoy. Yep. Um, so I think it was just a matter of 
me not really feeling like I was out of place and I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. So my personality mm-hmm. changed a little bit. <clears throat> but then it was funny because I went on a trip to Europe and I did a lot of traveling around there. We went to a bunch of different places. And then there was one particular night I was, we were in Mykonos mm-hmm. and we were like down where the Megiots were. There was like the Victoria's Secret Megiot that was just parked way out the back. It was like a hotel on yep. the water. And there was a whole bunch of other ones and I was standing there and it was like midnight and there was all these people like sitting on their yachts and they were chilling and partying. And I said to my girlfriend at the time, I'm like, what I'm doing now is just not going to get me where I want to be. Like I want one of those yachts. Mm-hmm. I want to be, I want to be able to come here whenever I want, not just on a, a, four, a month break that I have to plan two years in advance to get that annual leave. I'm like, I want to just be able to get on a yacht and come here when I want mm-hmm. and work from here and network and, have friends all over the world. And it was literally in that moment, I was like, I, I'm, good. I'm just going to do the clothing brand now. I'm going to mm. put everything into it. When I get home, I'm going to fly back and I'm going to just action, just take action. And then, so I went back, I was working my normal job, doing 7 till 3.30, 7 till 5.30. <clears throat> I would come home from the city. It was about an hour commute from the city to where I was living. And I would literally work from like, 7.30 till about one at night, designing, wow. speaking to manufacturers, um, sourcing materials, designing, getting samples and made all my alterations, contacted all of everyone at night till about one o'clock. Then I started to burn out because it's just, it was unsustainable. Mm-hmm. And I just sort of hit a point. I'm like, right, when I released it, so I'm going right around in circles here, but That's awesome. when I finally decided to release the collection i started selling online and i'm like right when i've got enough that i can sort of live on i'll quit and i'll put everything into it because i realized when i was trying to balance the two jobs it was too hard to do both and i was making mistakes because i was up late at night wasn't really being clear with the manufacturers so there'd be little errors here and there and i was like right i just want to put all of my energy into it and do this and do it right and I just went for it and I quit my job, which was massive at the time. And everyone was telling me I was crazy. Like, you know, you've got this great job. It's easy money. It's like, it's secure. You can, you can get a house loan. You can buy whatever cars you want, you know, and you don't have to worry about the financial stress of running your own business. Like, what do you want to do that for? Why do you want to go out on your own? And I was like, it's just not me. It's not what I want to do. Um, not what I'm passionate about. And so, yeah, I quit. And then from there, I just worked on, Emperor Apparel full-time. Wow. Such a cool story, man. Such a cool story. Yeah. I absolutely love it. And I love how yeah, you've got so that vision. It was, a, it was a slow transition, sort of slow, a little bit, but yeah, I just wanted to jump straight into it because it's mm-hmm. what um, excited me. Yeah. Yep. And I love how in, I think it's the first sentence of your, of, of a blog you've written, you're like Emperor Apparel was born out of frustration. Yeah. And uh, it's good, man. Like, uh, you know, discomfort and, and dissatisfaction can be a huge driver for people. And so, uh, and it's good you had the awareness that that was actually something you wanted. And then secondly, you allowed yourself to go after it, which is awesome. Yeah. Some people have these goals and ambitions, but they don't give themselves the opportunity to go after it. So um, let's, let's t- talk into that for a second. So like, how did you go developing the confidence and the belief because uh, like you pretty much had to take on a whole new identity 
So yeah. how did you, like, did you just like have the belief in yourself? Or was it just natural for you or what? Talk us through that. Yeah, I think it's really weird because like my mum and dad bring this up all the time because they always Ooh. talk about when I came back, I stood in front of them and I was like, uh, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to start my clothing label and I'm going to do it full time and I'm going to stop Culture Kings and Neverland store and I'm going to sell online. Yeah. And they were like, what? Like, what do you know about fashion? Like, what? what do you, they weren't doubting me, but they were just a bit like, oh, okay, right. Ooh. And they were like, how are you going to do that? And I was like, I don't know, but I'm just going to make it work. I'll find a way. Ooh. And I always had this confident, like this strange, like, because I'm not an overly confident person. It took me a long, long time to build up self-confidence and and confidence in myself and belief in myself it took me till i was like 27 28 honestly before i started to truly believe in myself wow and i think i think what you were talking about before that level of discomfort and frustration it was like it was years of going i can do more i can do more i should be doing more and then i was like bang i'm ready i'm ready to do more i'm ready to pursue what i actually want to pursue and I had this, just this wave of confidence and it was like, you can do this, you'll find a way and you'll always find a way to make it work. The main thing is just to start and find your feet. And then from there, you can always make it work because whatever pops up, you just, okay, we'll work out what to do here. Yeah. The manufacturer goes broke, we'll find a new one. Or, you know, like I just had this confidence that I knew I didn't want to be a tradesman, so I was going to make this work so I didn't have to go back. Mm-hmm like that for me it was like this added motivation and it's again it's not like me ripping on the trade it was just like this is what i want to do so i'll make it work and i'll yes. do whatever i have to uh-huh. yeah again amazing awareness man and um being honest with yourself is just so key and yeah. like, uh, I, I see so many people they are just settling for yeah. a life that's not actually true to them uh, it doesn't inspire them and like you said they're getting all those things so they're they're getting the house or they're getting the job, they're getting the house, they're getting the car and they get all these things. And then eventually they hit a point and they're like, is this all there is? Yeah. And it's, it's such a sad place to see people in. And then they start turning to external things to fill them. Uh, that's where, you know, a lot of addiction can come in and, and a lot of very toxic habits, a lot of yeah. toxic relationships. So it's so cool, man. Like, uh, th- again, that's one of the reasons I wanted to chat to you is because you've had this dream, you've had this vision and you've gone after it. You've been relentless. And I see the way you show up on social media. Again, you've got this awesome energy. You show up with absolute enthusiasm in everything you do. And it's just, it's truly inspiring, man, because again, there are so many people out there just, uh, you know, they're, they're just settling for so much less than they're capable of. So yeah. yeah. It kills me that. And like I was talking about it with a group of mates last night. Mm-hmm. Like we were just like, if people just would pursue what they wanted to pursue. And I know it's, it's not just that easy. Mm-hmm. People have commitments. They've got mortgages. They've got kids. They've got whatever it is. They might, they might have bad debt or they, they need to work to pay the rent. Or, yeah. you know, there's all of these different things that come into it. So I, I, I hate it when you see those like, online entrepreneur coaches that are like just go for it just just do it and it's like some people can't like you've got to be realistic about it like not everyone can just um leave their job and just go for it and be like i want to start my business there's like stages and steps you've got to take and they're different for everybody but i was just like it would be awesome if those people that weren't happy with what they're doing would just instead of watching tv or watching netflix or scrolling facebook or instagram if they just shut that off 
and wrote down what they wanted to do or even just started working towards what they wanted to do three hours a night, whatever, after work, two hours a night and just explored that, they, they would realise that they could probably switch and transition and do it, but they just don't. I think a lot of people wallow in like this self-pity or maybe they don't have that self-belief or they don't have that motivation and they just think they can't do it. But there's so many people that could. If you don't like what you're doing, pursue what you want to do. If you want to shape surfboards, get a blank. Start shaping surfboards in your garage on the weekend. See if you even like it. Because sometimes you might think that's your passion. Then you go, do you know what? I actually like doing my other job. And I'd like to keep that as a passion. And I don't want to make that a business because it takes the fun out of it. Or, oh. But I think, yeah, if people just gave themselves time to like, like you said on that phone call, like the power of writing stuff down. Like when we spoke on the phone that day, you were like, have you written down your purpose? Have you written down your business's, um, what was it, core values? Yeah. And I was like, how, how, and that made such a big difference because now with all the presentations we send people, whether it's the warehouses, whether it's um, uh, new people we're taking on, they've got those core values there. Mm-hmm. And that was like a small thing I missed with conveying that to people. And I think if other people wrote down what they're passionate about, because a lot of people are lost and they don't even know what they want to do, like yep. I used to be. Yep. And I never allowed myself that time until I sort of... Um, became like frustrated yeah that's yeah awesome man great insights brother great insights um okay so so let's let's actually talk about your brand because i would imagine i've got i like man i know nothing about fashion (laughs) don't judge me but um, uh i know man uh so how did you break into the fashion industry i imagine that would be or break in, I'll say position yourself in the fashion industry. How did you tap into a market? And like, I can only imagine, talk us through that brother, talk us through, you had this dream, you had this vision, you started taking action, but then how do you actually, you know, position yourself in that market and begin standing apart so people come to you versus those mega brands that are out there? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's like really, really competitive. So for me, the point of difference was it was I basically created a product that wasn't available on the market at the time or it was very unique to the other products. So the fabric I used was completely different. It was like custom weave. So uh, it's completely different to what other clothing labels use. So at the time, that really stood out because, and it still does now, um, as like a much, much premium product, much more um, high quality. So when it was on in stores, people could physically feel the difference. They would put it on because it was a custom fit. Guys preferred to fit because at the time there was like box cut t-shirts that were made out of like cheap cotton. It was really, really fast, crappy quality, basically. Not all the brands, but a lot of the brands that were here in Australia that people were hyping over, they didn't really fit athletic body types. They didn't fit guys like me at the time that were super tall and skinny, like nothing fitted right. And then my mates would be talking about, oh, it'd be good if, you know, T-shirts actually fit like this. And I was like, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay. And and from also working, even back in the day when I was younger, working in retail, we'd have customers coming in, you know, I'm not paying $50 for this crap. Mm. Like these surf brands get away with that. Like they couldn't justify it then. So I was like, right, for people to get passionate about a brand and get behind it, and have repeat customers, they've got to feel like they're investing in quality. So for me, it was about creating a, not just a t-shirt, but like a premium one. 
good quality, the fit was gold, and it had unique detailing, and it really stood out. And when it was in stores, all of the products stood out because it was very different. So I think for me, in short, it was just about having a point of difference in the quality and the design, the fit, and the styling. Mm. And then it stood out, and it stood out online. Um, with the marketing side of things, I was always really, really hard on, we have to make it premium. I'm like, I'm a startup brand, but I want the campaigns to look like a Gucci ad. So I started working with this photographer that was like way over my budget at the time, but he liked the product. So he's like, look, I'll do it at a discounted rate for you because I dig it and I love the ideas. And I would always come to him with like Prada and Gucci ads and um, like Louis Vuitton stuff where, you know, they probably spent $20,000 on that photo shoot getting all the lighting right. But I was like, we have to make it work. We have to do something similar. So I think the marketing material that we used stood out a lot as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So it sort of came onto the scene online with like a big pop because it looked way bigger than it was because I'd invested in, um, you know, premium marketing, premium product. And I'm like, people like it and it looks good. They'll, They'll hopefully embrace it. And they did. And it started growing from there. Man, I love it. I love it. That's such a good strategy too. Yeah. Um, we've got to talk about this. I'm, I'm going completely off my notes here, man. But That's okay. Uh, we're just sharing some Let's awesome go rogue. Stuff. I love it. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so people, I hear this belief with people sometimes, and I would love for you to speak to it because you've really tapped into this and you've, you've really, you know, overcome this. People have a gift, be it, be it a musical gift, uh, be it a speaking gift and they resist putting content out on, on, on social media essentially. Yeah. Because they don't want to be showy. Yeah. I hear this, you know, and I think it's got a lot to do with that tall poppy syndrome thing that's in, in Australia. Huge man. And, and so can, can you talk to the importance of if, if you've got something to offer the world, you know, how important is it just to, to put that out there. I just want people to hear it come from you, a guy who's built such a great little brand and you know. Yeah. 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 I think it's so, so important. And I know everyone I speak to, they're so deterred by putting stuff on social media because they're so worried about what people are going to say or what's going to pop up in the comments section or, Oh, he thinks he's so good because he's posting a picture or he's doing a story and he's actually got the video on and he's speaking like who has the confidence to do that? Like mm-hmm. they perceive it as people are going to think I'm arrogant or overconfident. Mm-hmm. And the truth is like most people don't like a lot of people are very interested in what other people are doing. And especially if it's singing or they've got a talent or even if they've just got great things to say or advice on things, it's so important for people to just showcase that because they don't realize how many people will actually embrace them for it. Mm-hmm. There is, there's way more people that will like it than hate it. And the people that hate it are not worth worrying about because they're just unhappy. They're unhappy, unhappy with their self, their situation. They're probably unhappy with the fact that they don't have the confidence to do that themselves. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. You can't be deterred by that. I'll put YouTube videos up where they, they had, you know, 12 comments that were hate and they were talking about this and that. But then there was also all these other people that added me on Instagram afterward that were like, hey, I'm interested in your story or that were much more positive about it. But a lot of people focus on those 12 negative comments and I'll never make a video again. But I think it, it is daunting at the start. I used to hate it. I was always scared. And still now, sometimes when I do some stories, like I'll be like, oh, okay. 
it still puts me off or I'm like, does that come across too arrogant or does that come across because I am worried about people's perception, but you've got to just drop that, you know, and just start putting yourself out there because you'll benefit from it incredibly and it opens up your network so much and you never know who you're going to meet. Like some of the, the, the best contacts I've met of just from someone seeing a story or a video or something that I didn't even think was that, like wasn't that good like this video i put up not like a while ago when i was living in sydney it was just about people taking action and starting and i just sort of uploaded it thinking oh yeah whatever and then i was at like a party not long ago and a guy came up and he's like man i saw that video and it just like snapped me into action and now i've got my own business and you know and you think you know your videos that you make or that one video that someone puts up could make a difference in someone's life Mm -hmm. and like if you're a person that wants to influence people or get the best out of people, you know, you've got to, you've got to put content out there and you've got to put yourself out there. It'll be uncomfortable, but it's so important. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I don't believe our gifts are, you know, for us to keep, they're there to share. Yeah. You know, otherwise yeah, not true. a gift, are they? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. Thanks for speaking into that. I just really wanted to hear it from coming from you because Again, I, I see people yeah, just just caging their potential. So that that's that's awesome, brother. Yeah, um, the worst thing to see is people caging that potential. Oh it's man, horrible. Absolutely. So um, let's talk about um, developing yourself as a business because obviously we met at a, at a business business event, and how important has been developing yourself as an individual been for your business growth? I think it's it's the most important thing uh-huh. out of anything when it comes to business is like developing yourself, like investing in yourself, um, being aware of yourself, your thoughts, your patterns, um, your beliefs on things. Like it is the most important thing. And like it's you are your business, you're what's driving it. You're going to have to work with different people. You're going to have to do so many different things. And if you're not aware of your yourself and the way you process things and the way you think about things and your outlook, are you positive? Are you negative? Um, and the other thing is, like, my thing at the start was ego. I don't know why, but it just, I had this thing where I was like, I don't need help. I want to do it all myself and I want to do it my way and do it this particular way and and. I probably pushed out people that were trying to help because of my ego. And as soon as I dropped that, things got so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, like one of the main things I always talk about is influencer marketing at the start. I'm so, so annoyed that I didn't capitalize on that earlier on okay. because I saw it as people going, and it was the way they were contacting us as well. They were just sort of like, give us some free stuff and I'll promote it. And I was like, no. You know, I don't want to give you free stuff. I don't know who you are or what you can do and probably got fake followers and everything like that. Um, so for me, ego was massive once I learned to um, to deal with that and identify that that was me acting that way was my ego. That was good. And when I let that go, you know, it was incredible with being able to connect with people and, and try new strategies and, and taking other advice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think your personal development is is the most important thing. Out of anything. Yep. Excellent. That's so cool, man. And so, so talk us through some of your daily habits. Like what are the, what are some of the things you've started doing that you just will not miss now? 
uh, what the, 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 the morning routine is the most important and that's what mm-hmm. we went through. Mm-hmm. Um, and that completely sets me up for the day, whether I have a good day or a bad day or a really productive day or a really unproductive day or whether I'm stressed or not stressed. So that getting up in the morning earlier, giving myself time to like wind up and do the meditation, plan my day properly, uh, staying off social media and my phone as soon as I get up, that is like um, something that I think is the worst thing to do. Like when people wake up and they've got their phone and they're scrolling through it because you're starting your day on the defense and like, incredible amounts of anxiety and stress and frustration just from the moment you wake up. So my thing is like definitely staying away from social media, um, meditation in the morning and giving myself time to like um, time for myself where, um, you know, either it's reading or I'll watch a YouTube video. um, I'll watch an interview. I'll watch a motivational thing, something really, really positive. I stay away from the news. I stay away from those morning TV shows where they're talking about someone dying or a house fire or a car crash or the Monash freeways got, six cars stacked up and the traffic's going to take you three hours to get to work. I stay away from all of that stuff and I just focus on positivity. Mm-hmm. So I watch a lot of impact theory. I watch Gary Vee going mental for a little bit, you know, <laughs> ranting on about stuff and make sure I start with just positive energy so that by the time I'm ready to start work, it's like go time. You're ready to explode. Man. Love it. Love it. You know, I heard something the other day, brother. Um, by the way, such powerful practices, man. And absolutely love it. Totally agree with all of them. There's something the other day, just on that, on that um, topic of people who watch the news and flood their mind with all that toxic stuff first thing in the morning. Uh, well, people just watch, who watch the news in general um, tend to see the world less realistic than it actually is. Yeah. And yeah, totally. Isn't that interesting? Because, and man, I, I remember when I worked in hospitals and... Um, I saw like miracle after miracle take place in those places. Yeah. Uh, just the most incredible surgeries, like life-saving, um, the most amazing stuff. And then I'd, I'd pick up the newspaper and you wouldn't hear a single thing about it, but you'd hear about, uh, yes, like you said, some stupid thing. Well, it's not stupid. I shouldn't say that, but it's, it, it, it's one side. It's one side. And if people are just focusing on that, they begin to see the world as this doom and gloom place. Yeah. Man, and and so you're so right in the way you start your morning, dude. It, it's, gold. Yeah. it's gold. Imagine if those newspapers and those TV shows and all of those media outlets focused on a bunch of positive things that happened the previous day or that night and they focused on a bunch of positivity like they went into the hospitals, we saved 17 lives today, we've cured these people of these amount of diseases, Ugh. there's all these people doing this for charity over here, we've saved, you know, there's charities giving water to you know, um, African children or, you know, building houses or whatever, and they focused on that, people's um, positivity would increase significantly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like even I was saying to my girlfriend the other night, we were watching, it was like Sunday night and there was that Sunday night show. Every story, there was three stories that were just, they couldn't have been more negative. And I know that they were shining light on particular things, but I go, look at how this is programming people to start their week. Mm -hmm. If they're sitting down on a Sunday night and they've just absorbed these three incredibly depressing stories and then they're you're programmed negatively for the whole week and then you get up and you watch the news the next day and then you pick up the newspaper and it's like 
finances down, this is down, house mortgages are increasing, the banks are doing this, politicians are rolling you here, blah, blah, blah. It's just like you lose hope completely mm-hmm. because it's just so negative. Yeah, man. Yeah, you're just seeing one side, one side of, you know, such a big picture. And yeah. uh, dude, so all power to you, man, for, for being in control and, and starting your day because, you know, stuff is going to come, come across your path, you know, no matter what, what you do, no matter how much you try and protect yourself. And so having those boundaries in place is just, it's crucial. And everyone needs to, I think these practices of, of uh, these rituals where you're actually safeguarding your mind and steering your mind are becoming more important than ever before because, man, we're getting inundated with information. And if, yeah. you're, not, if you're not standing at guard at the, at the door of your mind, man, uh, it's just getting flooded. It's, it's going to be filled with something and you can either choose what that is or just leave it and, and um, you know, you can't point the finger one day if, when you end up in a place you don't want. Um, ultimately, yeah. it's up for every single one of us. So, Yeah, on, it's man. So, so true. Love it. Um, you know, man, my podcast is called the Thoughts on Purpose podcast. And uh, that's all around, obviously, deliberate thinking and also talking about talk, connecting with awesome people who have gone after what they believe is their purpose in life. Yeah. Do you, do you believe... And I ask this to all my guests, but, you know, based on what you do, you've done a lot of work. Would you say that you believe everyone has a purpose on earth? Yeah, I think they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think they do. I think so many people have so much they can give. They're yeah. put here for, for a reason. I don't care what people say. I think everyone is. Yeah. They're definitely like they don't realise that they can touch so many people's lives and they can inject so much positivity. Um, and I think everyone has a purpose, but it just, it kills me that a lot of people don't tap into that or they ignore it or they're afraid of pursuing it because of what other people think. And I think so many people operate on what are other people going to think? And, and I can't do that because that's wrong or society says this is right. Or, you know, so they end up doing things. They end up in jobs they probably don't like. They end up pursuing uni courses that have no interest in because then they can turn around and say, I'm studying this course and they deviate from their purpose. They deviate from what they want to do and what they want to pursue. Um, But I feel like everyone has a purpose and everyone has um, a lot that they can give to the world. And um, yeah, I just think a lot of people don't tap into that. Yeah. Great answer, man. Great answer. Like uh, I always bring it back to nature doesn't produce things it doesn't need. It's true. Yeah. And, and so if, if you're here, you're needed. And yeah. it's as easy as it is in a, in a nutshell. And I just, uh, and to the degree you have an impact, it's, you know, it's, it's like yourself. You could have stayed as a sparky and I'm sure you would have done well. You would have had things you like, but man, you know, like Tony Robbins says it, man, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. Yeah. And, you know, you would have been successful. You know, you're a hard worker, man. You care for people you're disciplined, you would have done really well, but you wouldn't have been fulfilled. And so, you know, you get yeah. to the end of your life, look back, you're like, why didn't I? And so, and man, that's what I, yeah, that's what I think a lot about. And I think a lot about, and I know some people have told me it's not positive motivation, but I do think like, if, if I am lucky enough to live to old age and I always tell people I'm still going to be a hundred and lifting weights. So that's my plan. I believe it, man. I believe it. That's my plan. But, um, 
I don't want to look back and have regret like I could have done more or I should have pursued that or I should have. And that's what got me out of the job I was in because I was like, am I going to look back and just regret not giving it a go? Like you, you'll never look back. You can try and fail, but at least you've given it a go. Like my biggest motivation is you don't want to look back and regret. Like for me, regret is probably my biggest fear and mm. probably one of the things that drives me the hardest is I don't want to regret anything. Mm. So, yeah, that, that a lot of people have told me, oh, that's not a good motivator. You shouldn't, you shouldn't operate that way. But I'm like, yeah, but for me it works. And it's made me do things and pick up the phone and bust down office doors when I would never have done that before or if I was conservative or, you know. So I, it's, I don't want to regret anything. Yeah, I man. regret not trying, you know. 100%. Dude, I, I think it's great. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If it, if it causes you to live more fully, dude, it's the reality. We're not going to be here forever. And yeah, it's something we can all tap into. It's not negative. It's actual truth. And uh, I think yeah. there's a lot of, um, it's kind of wishy-washy thinking out there with the, like, don't focus on the negative. Death is negative. No, it's not. It's actually the greatest motivator. And it can be the greatest motivator in a relationship to treat your partner, um, you know, as they deserve because they're only living one life. You're only living one life and together you are sharing this incredible journey you've got here together. And you know, it, it can be relationships, business, whatever, but man, so I, I think what you're doing is so powerful. And I know so many successful people who actually tap into that. So it's a great yeah. driver. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It is a great driver. Yeah. Um, but yeah, speaking of Tony Robbins, like his books have taught me a lot as well. Mm-hmm. about like neuro pathways and like why we believe things we believe and you know what Kerwin Ray says you just do, you are um a product of all of the stories you've been told what you what you've learned um like schooling for me was a massive thing that um that affected my confidence and what I my self-belief and what I thought I could achieve and and uh yeah, like reading a lot of, um, watching a lot of Tony Robbins's videos and reading his books has like been massive for me as well. Mm-hmm. About like rewiring the way you think and yeah. and um, and how powerful that is and what you can achieve when you do that. It's mm-hmm. it's incredible. Hundred percent, man. And, and so so just out of curiosity, you just mentioned something there about about your schooling. So what what did you have to rewire there? To, can I can I tap into that a little bit? Yeah, well, when I, was in, when I was in school, I was sort of like, when I compare my, um, my schooling years to, like, say, someone that went to a private school, they were taught in a completely different way. And whether that's because the schools wanted results or whatever, but school for me was like, I had a lot of teachers that, that would get frustrated. I'm a person, I'm, I've got a bit of OCD, so I like to clarify things. Oh, I need to make sure I'm doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. If there's a formula, I need to make sure I'm following that formula mm-hmm. properly. So for me, I'd always just want to be like, you know, for example, like in maths class, I wasn't the best at that. And it wasn't that I couldn't do it. It was that I just, the teachers wouldn't teach me in the way that I needed to absorb information. And once I got into year nine, I had a teacher that's like, you're more than capable of maths. You just haven't been taught right. Now sit down. And he's like, this is the way you break it down. It's simple. He's like, you know, and, and taught me a completely different way. And in year nine, I can tell you right there, that was a massive stepping stone for me because I was like, oh yeah, you, you can do it. It's not this, it's not impossible. It's just the way you break things down mm-hmm. and it's just a process. And, and yeah, in school, I had a lot of teachers that, they were very negative and they didn't have time for the students and they were frustrated and they were probably over it. And I don't blame them because high school students can be 
horrible and yep. very testing. Yep. But um, from once I left school and then I was, you know, went into the workplace, I was like, oh, right, some of those things don't necessarily matter. It's about your interpersonal skills and being strategic and, and um, not everyone likes you. They're not like your parents or your family or your friends and, and you have to learn to navigate different personality types and understand that everyone's different and they're going through some stuff and, 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 and navigating that as well and learning to adapt to your environment. And, um, yeah, I learned a lot after year 12 when I was like 18, 19 and I left school. That was like becoming streetwise, you know? Yeah. Wow. Um, that, that's cool, man. Um, so, so you've got this really big thing. Um, I'm not sure if you realize you keep talking about, but it's more or less culture. You, you seem to have a very big thing on culture. You've spoken about it in school. You've spoken about it in, in your, uh, your trade. Yeah. How has that all affected you now creating your own culture? Because to, do, do you have, like you outsource your, uh, your workers or how does that work? Yeah. So some of, some of the workers are outsourced and some of them are in house. Okay. Um, and I can tell you right now, like it, dealing with, there's so many different personality types in the fashion industry. Yeah. Um, so it's very, very challenging and you've got to deal with everyone in a completely different way. But I feel like it's about like my culture. I want to motivate people. I want people to look at work positively and I want them to believe that they can, because when you motivate people and you inject positivity into them, and that's not just by like, oh, you can do it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You can listen, finding out how they operate and how they work and how they process things and then tapping into that and allowing them to, to learn and do it their own way and not just like trade was like, just get in there and pull the cables. It's not that hard. And you're like, yeah. there's a giant concrete wall. We can't get through. Just do it. You know, yeah. it was just so sharp and just do it. And there were com a lot of the foremans I worked for were just completely unreasonable. It's like, and that didn't work. And no one that worked under them was motivated. No one wanted to go out of their way. And then I worked with other foremans where they were reasonable and I saw how much people went out of their, out of their way to help them. They would stay back till midnight to work on an office fit out or whatever. And then mm. I've also seen with other businesses because I'm very lucky to be stocking a lot of big stores. I go into their offices and see their culture and identify what makes this store or this business better than the other. And it's always in the office culture and how everyone engages in it and, and interacts and how they're motivated and whether they feel valued or not. And I think the biggest thing for everyone is whether they feel valued and whether, um, and whether they feel like that their boss has trust and belief in them or their team has belief in them. And mm -hmm. um, so culture for me is massive because I feel like it has an impact on whether you succeed or fail yeah. and whether you progress quickly or slowly or, you, you know, so for me, it's about, um, everyone's different, everyone works differently, everyone processes information in different ways and it's about motivating them in their own way and, and focusing on what... Because my thing is, because I was focused financially as well. Like, yeah. I was like, you know, if I, if I give this, you know, maybe if I just tell them I'll pay them more or, you know, do this and I'll give you a financial bonus. Do this and, you know, do you want more money? Or some people would just be like, it didn't work for them. They want it to be valued as a person. They wanted me to turn around and say, hey, what you're doing is epic. Yeah. You know, you're doing a great job. I can't believe you got that over the top, like over the line so quickly. You know, um, they just want it to be sort of valued as a person and their skills. And so that was a massive learning thing for me because I was like, 
I thought people were just, they went to work and they were financially focused and that's what motivated them. But uh, sometimes it's not. Mm. And sometimes people just want to be valued as a person. And there's so, I could go on for ages about yeah. this, but yeah. I love it. If you don't tap into like everyone's personalities and yeah, it's, it's hard to create a positive culture because everyone's different. But I think um, with management, the worst thing you can do is just um, constantly pick out what people are doing wrong or how they could be better. And that's in a lot of workplaces. It's like, you're doing this wrong. You could do that better. You didn't do that fast enough. We need this from you. We need that from you. You know, and it's just sort of like, it's a grinding culture and it doesn't work. I've seen it. It doesn't work. Yeah. So I'm trying to stay away from that. It's so, so exciting to know that, you know, your upcoming company that just is continually growing and you're creating this culture as well. And man, I'm just so excited to see you continue to rise, like moving into the future. Cause I know you're going to go, you go on big places, brother. You'll be, yeah, you'll be, on, you'll be on that yacht that. before you know it, man. <laughs> well, own the yacht. That that is a goal, but it's it's not the end goal. It's, it's not the driver, like, no. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely I want to be able to do that, but there's no point having that yacht if you. I, I want to be on that yacht with my team, partying, popping bottles with mm. my team, my friends. I don't want to be on that yacht on my own. There's mm. no, there's nothing good that comes of that you want to be celebrating with everyone i want friends around the world i want to connect with people everywhere and do business with them and um i i don't yeah you don't want to be on that yacht alone you know it's yeah you want to touch as many people as like bring out the positivity in as many people as possible i think that's, I that's it, why. yeah that's so good don't be on the lot the yacht alone good good yes yeah, no want to be on the yacht alone yeah i love yeah. it i love it so for any aspiring entrepreneurs who are watching this, man, people who have a business idea or a dream that they want to go after, what advice do you have that, or like one piece of advice that you have that you wish you'd known starting out? Yeah, um, I think it's definitely work on yourself, like mm. work on what motivates you, like what you think you're good at, know your strengths and weaknesses. And be realistic with yourself about what you can improve on. Like there's no, there's no problem with recognizing what you're good at and what you're bad at and working on what you're bad at or working on your weaknesses. It just makes you a better person, makes you a better leader. And it just gears you up to, to be more productive and happier. Like for me, it's just made me happier recognizing, Oh, okay. I'm not the best at that, but I'd love to learn about it. Or, you know, I think self-development's massive. Uh, the other thing is, what else? I, I think that for me is, yeah, it's know yourself. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, in those seminars we've been to where people, they get up and they're like, my business was failing. And then I realized it was me that was the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, they think they're doing all the right things and it comes down to their leadership or it comes down to their time management or it comes down to, it's just knowing what you're good at and what you're bad at and, and, and improving on those things. Like I know Gary Vee always says, disregard what you're bad at and focus on what you're good at that's great but if when you're in startup phase you have to be good at everything or you have to be across everything so if you're bad at something you need to improve on it pretty quickly because things will go downhill fast if you're not across everything if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so yeah i think it's knowing yourself that's the most important 100 i totally agree with that brother um so what's the next level for you, Zane? So we obviously, again, you're, you're looking to upgrade your, 
your office space and everything, but, but what's yeah. the next level for you? What would be the ultimate outcome for this year for you? Um, this year for me is about like obviously expanding the online reach that we've got. Like I want to be selling online to more countries. I want to be stocking more retailers in the U S and the UK. Mm-hmm. So for me, my focus is like business wise is, um, tapping into those markets a lot more. Um, so we've got some deals sort of pending with some overseas international stores that I'd like to lock down. Um, I'd like to make them a priority. So that for me is the, the biggest thing this year is just closing those deals and, um, and, and uh, starting business with them. Mm-hmm. But it's also this year for me is also about the balance between personal life and business life as well. Like be, because like even this week, it's been also consuming and there's been, and the one thing I'd like to point out as well is to people, they always assume when you get bigger, it's easier. When I make this amount of money, oh, it's, I'm going to be popping. It's going to be so good. Mm. But the thing you have to realize is as you scale, everything else has to scale with the business. So like example, we've hit a thing where like hit a spot now where the office isn't big enough, the warehouse isn't big enough, the, con- the, the systems we've got in place now are not as efficient. So we've got to upgrade those. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally when you scale, you have to invest more financially into the business as well. So if you've got the cash, you have to put it up. If you don't have it, you'll have to find it. So I think you need to be realistic about that as well. It's like, yeah. don't be unhappy if you're, if it's taking you a little bit longer because you're normally doing things in a much more calculated and balanced way. Sometimes hopping and going huge isn't the best thing because you know, there's, there's a lot of moving parts and when you scale, there's a lot that has to be like, that has to scale with it. So, um, exciting yeah. things to come, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited. It's going to be good. It's going to be a good year. Yeah, man. You're, you're absolutely crushing it. And, and so before I ask the last few questions, brother, where, where is the best pe- uh, place for people to follow you and, and see, see your journey of creating this amazing business and also purchase the products? Yeah, so the brand's called Emperor Apparel and the best way to like check out the brand is emperorapparel.com mm-hmm. um, and for my stuff, the best place to follow me is Zane Marshall on Instagram and that's basically, we've also got an Emperor Apparel Instagram as well so you can follow the brand there and that's pretty much all of the brand stuff, new products, behind the scenes, everything like that and then my Instagram is more like the same thing but it's also like the personal life as well Mm-hmm. Um, random stuff I'm doing. Uh, it's got a lot of, it's a, I like to keep my Instagram like a balance between lifestyle, business and cool stuff I'm doing. So that's the best places to find me, find the brand. Great, man. Yeah, that's fantastic. And yeah, your Instagram is fantastic. It's always super inspiring. Uh, check out your content. Always. Yeah. And the other that. thing is um, just the thing and about Instagram as well. And, and that's always like it's a highlight reel and people need to realize that. I think Instagram's a massive thing for people and they need to realize that it's not all polished and perfect all the time. And especially as a business owner, although I might have pretty pictures, yeah. like that is not a, um, a real depiction of my life really. It's just the dope stuff we're doing, but I'm also going to make that more realistic because I think people need to see the real behind the scenes, you know, Mm. see that right there man is that beautiful humility and the, the genuine nature that you've got that you have that i mentioned to begin with you know um and i like for me i, I see the post and i just think that you're crushing it it's awesome but i totally get how 
you know, some people's perception might be like, well, is that your life? And I'm so yeah. impressed how you are willing to show people the realness and the, um, and the thing I love about the, your content brother is you've got these amazing pictures you put up, but then your comments are always a little bit tongue in cheek. So yeah. It's never like, look how good I, you know, it's always like you've got this cool new gear out and then the comments just a little bit fun. So man, yeah, it's great. You crush yeah. it. Um, I think it's important because so many people are, you know, it's so easy for people to look at that and feel like they're not doing as well or they think that person's life's better and, you know, and it's just normally not the case. So I like to keep it, there's the polished side and then you'll see a story where it's like chaos in the office and, yeah. you know, you know, at midnight, you know, I think it's Love important it. to show both. 100%. Um, yeah. So Zane, what, uh, what is your favourite app? This is a nice, easy question for you. What's your favourite app? app? Um, oh, that's hard. I'd like to say Instagram is my favorite app because it's like where everything for me is, mm -hmm. but I do have a new app that I've just downloaded. Um, and it's called prequel. So for, if you're doing Instagram content, prequel is really good. It's got all of these different filters and you can do cool video stuff. So at the moment, that's my favorite apart from Instagram. Excellent. That's, that's great. So what's it called? Prequel called prequel and it's like really prequel. good for like especially like for what you're doing as well like if you're doing yeah. video it's just a really quick way of just spicing up your videos and you can cut stuff together so when we're doing like behind the scenes you know it's really easy to cut things up quickly and put it together and put it on the social media platforms brilliant i love it man now what about your favorite music what's your favorite type of music my favorite music is rap and hip-hop that's my hype right. music Excellent. when i'm when i'm designing it's loud it's on um, and that's where I do my best work with, with rap and hip hop music playing very loud. Love it, man. I totally see that. Like again, checking out your website before it just, yeah, it totally got that vibe. So I can see that shining through in, in, in your designs. Beautiful, yeah. man. So saying like overall, you've obviously given us so much great content. So it's great to get to know you on a deeper level, brother. Um, but like bigger picture, everything goes to plan for you. You know, you, you overcome your challenges, you continue to progress. Ultimately, what does a great life mean to you? I think it's like, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard because I'm like so consumed in this process at the moment. And I was like, you know, I'd lost track of what does a good life look at? Like I have a lot of people asking me that and my mates are like, you work so hard. What are you working for? Mm. and I think for me like a good life would be connecting with as many people as possible yeah like for me yeah. of all different all different interests all different jobs all different parts of the world and just learning as much as I can about different cultures and different people and I think my main main thing I want to do is inspire people as much as I can for them to reach their potential or try and do more because I know everyone's capable of it. So for me, if I can inspire, you know, as many people as I can through my business journey and documenting that and being as real as possible. And, you know, my favorite thing is when people come up and they say that video made me do this or that video motiva motivated me to do that. That's what I want to do. That's what brings me the most happiness. And I've realized that lately it's like money is brilliant and it helps you and allows you to do so much but it's like someone coming up to you and going, oh, I did your brand or I love that video or oh, even just that, that picture made me want to do that. That's like so much more rewarding. Mm. Like 
when you feel like you've motivated someone or they're, they're going to try something new or try harder because of something you've done or something you've put up or, or, or something you've documented. So for me, it's like connecting with as many people as possible, inspiring as many people as possible and, um, and taking lots of risks. Love it, man. Love it. And, and not being on the yacht alone. And definitely don't want to be on that yacht alone. I want you on it. I want everyone on it. I want it in Spain and we're all going to pop bottles and eat lots of food and jump off it and go swimming. Sounds amazing, man. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll yeah, definitely uh, love that one. To it. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for your time today. Thanks so much for your time today, brother. Appreciate you. Appreciate the way you show up. Guys, definitely check out Zane's content. Definitely check out his amazing brand, Emperor Apparel. Uh, I definitely need to get amongst it more. Man, thank you. I'm so gonna send you a package. We need to make sure you kit it out. Oh man, that would that would be gold. I would really appreciate that. So would my wife. So would my wife. She's sick of my. She will appreciate it. You'd be rolling around town looking fresh. I promise. Oh man, you legend, you legend. All right, well, thank you so much for your time today, brother. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it, mate. Always okay. great to talk. There you have it, my friends. I hope you got incredible value from today's interview. Be sure to follow the work that our incredible guest today is doing. Okay, get amongst it, guys. They are up to big things. Before we wrap up, guys, I want to take a minute to acknowledge you. Sincerely, I want you to feel this. I, I acknowledge you for being someone who values their life enough to invest the time to listen to this audio. I want you to get the most value out of this. So again, be sure to, to apply what you learn. Be sure to share what you learned with other people. Share this interview out with the people you care about. You know, a few years back, I, I used to immerse myself in listening to podcasts. I used to listen to three, four podcasts a day as I was working a job that wasn't necessarily that inspiring to me, but I did it. And it's a dream come true for me to be here interviewing people nowadays. And you having you here supports me in my dreams. So that's why I'm really so grateful for you being here. Uh, and I want to I support you even further. I want to give you the opportunity again, head over to iamnashmackie.com. I want you to be part of our, our next guest interviews coming up. I want to be, you to be part of our community. So head over to iamnashmackie.com, subscribe. Also claim your free one-on-one strategy session. I'm really so excited to connect with you and help you build a powerful identity. Guys, thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. I look forward to bringing you another incredible guest interview. Thank you for joining me for the Thoughts on Purpose podcast.